LF podcast, where we're focused on fashion, fitness, and of course food. This podcast is all about bringing these three parts of your life together to help you get the most out of your passions. We're here to help you look your best, feel great, and also indulge in some maybe not so hidden temptations. <laughs> we are by no means experts in any of these fields, but we do hope to bring people to the show who know what they're talking about and can help you with some of these aspects of your life. You only live once, so why not live a life worth living? On the show today, we have Uzma Sharif of Chocolat Uzma. Her shop opened in June 2012 in the Pilsen Art District. The idea was to create a small artisanal chocolate and confection shop with a nod to those in France and Spain. They infused their French culinary training with her South Asian heritage by creating chocolates such as hazelnut, coriander, praline, Indian chili caramel, and many others. The studio serves as an open-air kitchen and retail area. As soon as you walk in, you can see the chocolatiers hard at work each day, creating high-quality chocolates from scratch in small batches. Details are an imperative part of the shop, so each and every part of the process is important. They use the highest quality ingredients and chocolate, including single-origin chocolates from Ghana, Mexico, and Tanzania. Their philosophy is guided by three principles, to always seek inspiration, support the community, and act with intention. So sit back, relax, enjoy this conversation with Uzma Sharif of Chocolat Uzma. So today we're sitting down with Uzma Sharif. How are you? Awesome. So we're here to chat about your little chocolate, little adventure story here. So tell us what you do in one to two sentences. We So what's so different about South Asian style chocolates? Well, it's not necessarily the style, but it's the ingredients that we infuse to make us different than, say, the other chocolate here down the street mm-hmm. or what you find at the stores. Um, at the same time, we do some things like turtles. However, instead of making it just a turtle, a classic turtle, we source pecans from Texas, mm-hmm. and we use a black salt in okay. the Lake Mountains. I guess I'll have one out of this. <laughs> I used to be a huge, like, sweet tooth chocolate person for, like, the longest time. And then, even when we were at the gala together, like, I was getting, like, sugar overload. Because I haven't had, like, that much yet. Sugar's really addictive. Here, try one of these sweets from these 40 different vendors. Oh, and have some alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. Like, we actually crave salt. Mm. You can't make something and not try it. Like. <laughs> you have to try it. You know, um, we typically like to eat dark chocolate, mm-hmm. so, but still, it's just on, it's on the sweeter side. So. Yeah. so how did you get into this? this? Um, well, I did, I was a savory chef before. I went okay. to culinary school in Colorado. Interesting. And I started working with chocolate in my third year. Vegetable spread, and I remember the chef one day asked me if I could just do a nice design on there. Mm. And um, I used to 
play around with henna okay. when I was younger, uh, so I could freehand pretty well um, in design. So I just created this really nice like mirror full of chocolate work, and he's like, "Wow, I can totally see you doing that uh, later in life." And I remember him like about three days ago that he said that to me. So if I ever run into him. From there, I started working in the pastry department at the, um, the Alvin Glow Strubes, one of the highest restaurants in Colorado. Okay. As in, it took two gondola rides to get up there, so you yeah. have about 13,000 feet of sea level. Wow. Um, we lived at 10,000 feet in Summit County. So uh, I just really wanted to learn more about the chemistry and the science behind it, and the person that was I was working with couldn't really tell me. So after I finished my three years there, I moved back home to Chicago and I found uh, uh, the French Pastry School and this was back in 2003, okay. so 15-16 years ago and uh, I was a student for about 6 months and 6 months I spent as an intern mm-hmm. um, and I just really liked the therapeutic nature of chocolate in general holistically it's almost a medicine that nature gave you, but we've turned it into something that's more on the dessert side. Oh, yeah. If you look back to the history, it was used as medicine. Interesting. Okay. Um, I, when you work with chocolate, it's not something that you can make within an hour or two. It takes two to three days. So there is that kind of meditation almost practice to a what is kind of the process of making a simple piece of chocolate? Like, if someone came in here and said, I want to buy this chocolate bar off the shelf, what was kind of the process you had to go through to put that together? So our bonbons and our truffles mm-hmm. are one of our biggest sellers, and then our seconds are chocolate bars. The process, right now we're not going to buy but hopefully in the next five years, and try to go in that direction. Um, the process starts with working with And hope that it comes out nicely. <laughs> you know, I used to be a lot more strict about that, but you know, it's artisan, it's art, mm-hmm. and if one is, um, you know, looks different than the other, I really don't care anymore. <laughs> as long as the taste is consistent and right. sealed properly as in the shelf life, that's all I care about. So if you look through our shelf, mm-hmm. you'll see the different colors, um, and there's only two shapes, but uh, you'll see how each one is different mm-hmm. and I think it's, that's how it should be. You see a lot of, say, pastry chefs and folks that make chocolate on Instagram and Facebook uh, where everything looks so perfect and it's, it's actually pretty stressful for a say, pastry chef or cook to look at that and be like, oh, I must really need that. easier when you are doing what you like, the way you want, what you're good at. Mm-hmm. 
So how do you kind of come up with some of the recipes? Like you mentioned that you guys target recipes that use ingredients from Southeast Asia. How do you kind of come up with the fun new recipes you're making for your different products? So how did you come to open your shop here? What was kind of the hurrah moment in your life? Like, I don't know, my own shop.
imagine. And this is the second shop you opened, correct? Yeah, we had to close the first one because the space was very limited. Mm -hmm. And um, I, my needs had changed and uh, it wasn't working out with the space. Um, basically, yeah. um, and when I closed for like a year, I, came, I always liked this corner space. And I always, I've been in this neighborhood since 2005, mm -hmm. so I love the neighborhood. Like this corner space, but I couldn't get it when I was over there. The, you know, it needed a lot of work, and mm -hmm. uh, we had a new landlord, and she was willing to work with me. And we just came to, uh, we signed a letter of intent, and she said, What do you want to do? I said, What are you going to do with this neighborhood? And, and we came to an agreement, and that was it. Yeah, I was walking over here, I got off the bus, and it was like easy to see from a block and a half away, which is perfect. That was, that's what my intention was always. Right. Yeah, I walked in, like, it's really spacious, but then, like, I'm sure we're sitting eating a chocolate, talking to someone, you don't feel, like, overwhelmed or too close to you, but yeah. there's definitely, like, you go to a pastry shop or, like, an ice cream store, yeah. and you just sit down and eat, and then you, like, listen to everyone else order, yeah. it's like, this is distracting. Yeah, it's Oh, that's really cool. So we're, we're working on that, but I'm doing things a lot slower now. Mm -hmm. As in, I'm doing things uh, the way I want to, but at the same time, I'm taking a lot of feedback from people I trust. Mm -hmm. And we are working on things slowly, and mm -hmm. it's better to go slow instead of So you trust me with my feedback already, huh? <laughs> I'm never going back. This person is so weird. Actually, like, I moved the tables the other day because they're too close to the back part, and I'll be able to slightly again, but I don't want to crowd the shelf area. Right. So it's a lot of things that people don't realize that you have to work on on a daily basis that they know And so, like, your father was the big inspiration for you, correct? My grandfather. My father. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's a pastry chef right. in Pakistan. Okay. And he had seven daughters. Mm -hmm. Well, he still has seven daughters. <laughs> He's been around. Certainly. 
Yeah. Got a ton of fun. So what are kind of like your expectations moving forward? You said things are moving slowly. You guys have a nice space. Are you looking to be another space? What's kind of the long-term goal for you? So tell us more about your classes that you teach with chocolate. So our chocolate one one classes are really popular and um, I only take about eight students per class. Okay. Sometimes if I have a family or a big group, I'll, I'll take them, but it's a very customized class. So uh-huh. on the website you have a description. However, um, I kind of get a feel for what people want and are looking for uh, before the class even starts. We have a little uh, a, a box that says, you know, tell us anything you would like us to know, you know, like the right. gentleman said this was the Valentine's Day. So we kind of made it like, oh, so this is more of a Valentine's class. Fine. Why? I gave them some raspberries and you know, as well, like, work with, etc. Just simple little things makes a huge difference for people. Oh, yeah. And uh, while they're in the class, you know, they'll you know, ask some questions here and there, and they'll be like, oh, let's bring out this chocolate, let's bring out that chocolate, let's, let's try this or try that. And, you know, Denise usually does class with me, and it's definitely scary. It becomes this whole creative process for the student and us. Um, we give them their own ingredients to work with, as in I pick out five or six different ingredients, and we have a, uh, a slot of the class that's create your own signature chocolates. Okay. Um, and I give them the ingredients to choose from, and they're free to make their own truffles and bonbons. So. Have you found any recipes from the class that people made that you guys actually implemented? You know, this one guy mentioned this ingredient he used to make it caramel, and it actually worked out really well. I didn't use it, but it was a really good idea, and I tried it. Mm-hmm. So, I get a lot of creative students. Yeah. Um, some folks just come in just for a date night, or they come for, they want to learn something. So, I structured the class in a way that they, they, they make the chocolate like we make here in the shop, but they also have a recipe that they make uh, with my guidance that they can make at home mm-hmm. or with anyone else. And it really helps. I had one woman who made that recipe and uh, for a charity event. So she said, okay, if you guys donate this much, I'll give you like this box of chocolates. And we sold her the ingredients. And she ended up making like three or four hundred dollars for this charity because folks just wanted to keep buying the chocolate. That's interesting, yeah. <laughs> So who are your target customers? Are people just kind of walking by, stopping in? You know, like corporate gifting? What's kind of like your target customer base? It's a little both. I think this location is a little different than the other one. Mm -hmm. The other one, we were a bit hidden, and um, my target was 
So, with that being said, you have clients that are doing that regard, you're building stuff in there, in your garden, things are going really well. Are you ever going to take some time off, or are you going to work seven days a week for the rest of your life? <laughs> right, I took Sundays off, but you're always thinking. Mm-hmm. Chocolate Gala was yes. that? Yeah. So was that uh, successful for you guys? You know, this is the first time that I've ever done it, mm-hmm. um, and it it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she got some great contacts that she told me about, and I think whenever you do a gala, the first couple of years are really great, and then after a while, they're kind of like, oh, we've seen you here before, so we're gonna try out some new guys. So mostly it's shaming. Okay. Yeah, for me, like, as I mentioned before, we started recording, and, like, just you walk in there, there's four different stations, and then you're like, how am I going to get through this? Yeah. I mean, it was nice that there was three different rooms, at least, where you could kind of take a breather for a second, but just the amount of people there, just kind of walking around, like, I'm going to try this, then you got to move out of the way to stand next to someone who's, like, trying to pass by you again, it's like... <laughs> you had like the background in you know the making of the chocolates how did you kind of pick up the skills to run the business the way you have so successfully 
wouldn't say super successful. <laughs> I'm still learning. Um, my mom had a business most of my dad had a show business. Business, you have the front of the house end, right. then you have the back of the house. I can do the back of the house in this The front of the house is, is a different game because you are dealing with people um, from all walks of life who want different types of things in different ways. Then you're dealing with your day to day routine, like, okay, uh, this, you know, the workers' comp that I just set up and the insurance, and then what? The register went out today, which yeah. just happened today. <laughs> <laughs> I was probably last week I was on hold for five hours. I believe it. I unfortunately believe it, yeah. Oh, I'm doing IT. Yeah. So it's uh, it's tricky. Or something else will pop up. So you have to keep a certain slot of time available for those. That, that moment where something pops up and you're like, what? Oh, God, I have to do with this. Yeah. So it, it's hard. The day to day stuff is tricky, but you find that once you And so do you only sell from the store, or can people buy stuff online or other retail spots? So other retail stuff, spots will be wholesale. Okay. else you want to leave us with before we sign off? Come in, buy some chocolate. <laughs> Eat more chocolate. Mother's Day is coming up. <laughs> Eat more chocolate. Um, yeah, come in. I mean, we love the locals. We're a small business mm-hmm. and we're 100% open a minority business. Um, we put a lot of love and uh, there's a lot of motivation behind our products. So mm-hmm. We need to taste one. We, we focus more on This was a fun little episode for me to record. We actually recorded it right in her shop so that you could hear the music in the background playing so you kind of got a feel for what we like to stop in. We were surrounded by all these chocolates on the wall and it was hard for me to concentrate on the conversation. I have a really bad sweet tooth for chocolate. I was like, I kind of want to try all these. This is amazing. This is great. This is awesome. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Uzma Sharif of Chocolat Uzma. This episode is sponsored by our friends over at StakeHall. StakeHall is a social wagering app for the next generation. With StakeHall, you can easily challenge your friends to games of skill or even be a third-party judge between mutual friends. Stake your hard-earned cash, a night out in the town, or even just your dignity. They strive to be one of the most entertaining and most interactive social wagering platform on the market. StakeHall is an app that you download on the App Store. Uh, right now it's on iOS only, soon to be coming into Android, where you can challenge your friends to some fun games. I've challenged some friends to a game of ping pong. I've challenged some game friends to a round of hot wing eating contests. Right now I'm in the challenge of Movember, things of that nature. Absolutely incredible. Ever have that friend that takes a bet with you and then at the end of the word doesn't want to pay up and says, bro, we never shook hands? No longer a problem with StakeHall. You can put it up on social media, share it with your friends, get a third-party judge, problem solved. Check them out at stakehall.io. 
That's S-T-A-K-E-H-A-U-L dot I-O. Or go to the iOS and iOS store and download them. Stay call. Check it out now. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Pod Directory, or SoundCloud. That way, you'll get our latest episodes sent right to your device when they come out every week. For reference, those are all linked up right in the show notes. While you're in there, feel free to leave us a review. If you do, all I can say is two words. Endless gratitude. Writing reviews helps us understand how we can improve the podcast as we all continue along this fun adventure in fashion, fitness, and food.